Well, hi there, and welcome to this talk on peace within the pandemic. Uh, it's great to be with you. I'm speaking to you from a bedroom in my house in Birmingham, uh, wherever I'm being beamed to in your place or your phone or your laptop. Uh, it's great to be with you. And I'm excited to think about this topic. Uh, peace is a topic that is relevant to us all the time, isn't it? Rarely over the years of my life have I wanted my life to be frazzled, frantic, unsettled and all over the place, though sometimes it has felt like that. Uh, I've always wanted to know a sense of peace and I reckon you have as well. So it's always relevant, but right now within this pandemic, sort of a month and a bit into lockdown, I guess it's more relevant than ever. Is it possible to find peace within the pandemic? I don't know what your last month has been like. Some of you would be at one end of the spectrum where you are on the ropes. It has felt unbelievably challenging. You are struggling daily to get through and you don't know how you're going to get to the other side of this. Just want to say if that's you, I'm with you all the way. You're not on your own. And it's really wonderful that you're listening in this morning. I hope this does you good. Others of you I recognise might be more at the other end of the spectrum, feeling like generally things haven't been that challenging for you and you almost feel a bit guilty about that, how sort of simple life has been over the last month. And yet I guess for all of us, we will know what it is to have a sense of being thrown somewhat by everything that's happening. That's certainly been the case for me. I would love, I re trust me, I would really love to be able to speak to you as a snazzy life coach with loads of top tips from my very peace-filled existence where I've just rode the wave of this thing really easily over the last month. That has not been my story. I'm sorry. Please feel free to switch off if you'd like to. Uh, I have been personally a bit rocked by this, uh, more than a bit. I've been thrown by it. I've felt unsettled by this whole experience. Sometimes maybe you can relate to this. It's felt like that's been under the surface, just sort of bubbling away quietly. I felt bored. I felt fidgety. I felt like I've missed sport a little bit too much. Uh, and it's just sort of been simmering away. But at other times it has kind of come out in a little bit more sort of serious ways as well. There's been a couple of times during this experience where I found myself so very, very sad and unable really to pin down a specific reason, but just felt so low and really fragile. I mean, a couple of times where I've realised I've been really struggling to fight off a sense of panic. Uh, some of you are like, yeah, why have we got this guy doing the peace talk? But I say this because I don't want to lie to you and pretend that I come just thinking life is easy. Uh, even though my life is seriously protected from a lot of the major difficulties that this pandemic is bringing to people around the world, I have struggled and I have needed peace. I have needed there to be a way within all of this stuff for there to be peace. And so I speak to you this morning and offer to you simply what I have found to be very helpful within the trenches of this stuff. And I hope it does you good as well. The way I want to structure it, just so you know where we're going, is I want to offer you three reasons why I think peace has been so hard to find in the last month. Three reasons why we felt so unsettled almost just to give you permission so you know you're not stupid if you felt thrown by this. And then in turn, for each reason that we find peace hard, I want to offer you something that has really helped me, something that has brought me a sense of peace even within each of those difficulties. So three reasons why peace is hard, and then three resources almost that have brought me peace, and I think they can do the same for you. So here we go. The first reason why peace 
is hard right now is because everything has changed. I don't know if you've ever spent any time overseas, perhaps more than a week, uh, a couple of weeks maybe, or you've ever lived in a different culture to the one you were born and raised in. Uh, if you have, you'll know something of the experience of culture shock. I spent uh, a few weeks in Thailand when I was 19 and a few weeks in Turkey slightly more recently. And in both of those experiences, I felt a bit of culture shock. What that is, is that you land into a new place and initially all you notice are the positive changes. So in Thailand and Turkey, actually, I noticed it is really warm. The people are amazing. The food is phenomenal. And England seemed pretty subpar in comparison. But then after a few weeks, just the experience of living within a place where everything is different, there's a new language, there's uh, new uh, expectations around the law, there's new cultural experiences, all of these different things, it just becomes very fatiguing and you crash, you have culture shock. And many people have said that that's a very helpful way of understanding what's happening to all of us in this time. We're experiencing pretty massive culture shock because everything has changed. Think about it. Uh, initially, uh, I only noticed the positive changes. Uh, Zoom quizzes, let's have one. And I dressed up in a tux to host it. Uh, PE with Joe Wicks. In fact, I was so into that idea, I led a PE lesson for my niece Molly over FaceTime. Uh, and she, I think, enjoyed it less than I did. Uh, it was great. But even with all the positives, after a while, it just starts to fatigue us because everything is so different. Similar to culture shock, there's a new language, isn't there? I'd never said lockdown or self-isolate or Wuhan before. These are lots of things for us to get our tongues around now. And then there's a new etiquette around communication. How do I mute myself on Zoom? Can they hear me breathing on Zoom? Can they hear me sneezing on Zoom? Can they, can they see me on Facebook? I, I, I don't know how this works. There's different freedoms around the law. I'm now able to be stopped by the police for sitting too long on a park bench. And culturally and socially, we're just on a totally different planet than we were six weeks ago. There is now no such thing as sport. There's no such thing as coffee shops. There's no such thing in this new world as gyms, not really missing them. No such thing as retail therapy or pubs. Even traffic jams and queuing have been radically changed. Everything has changed. And you add to that the swirling geopolitical situation around the world as different nations apportion blame to one another, let alone the very specific and on the ground changes that you are experiencing in your life. And is it any wonder that we feel pretty unsettled right now? The question is not, is this thing challenging? Of course it's challenging to experience all of that in a short space of time. The question is, is it possible to know peace even with all of that change? And I want to suggest to you that it is. It is possible to know peace and here's how. If at the centre of your life is something that does not change, then you can really know peace. If as everything wobbles and everything is thrown and everything is different and you struggle to come to terms with that, if underneath you is somehow that something that you're building on that does not change, that is not vulnerable to change, that cannot change, then you are able to know peace. It's like being on a high ropes course. I don't know if you've ever done that. 
during a, a, a stag do or a hen do or perhaps a particularly cringy team building thing at work. But you're up on this rope and you're high up, it's incredibly dangerous and your heart is racing and you feel your stomach churning and panic sets in. But the reason why you're okay as this rope wobbles and the wind blows and you think, why on earth are we doing this, boss? This is not a good team building day. The reason why you're okay is because you are attached to something that doesn't change. If you are attached to, if you are connected to, if you are held by something strong and secure, then even as the wind blows, you can know peace. And I think life is a little bit like that. Jesus told a story once to his followers of a man who built his house upon the sand. And it was a great house, and he wasn't a bad guy, but the fact that he built on things that can be moved and changed when the storm comes meant that his house fell down. And then he said there was another man who built his house on the rock. And even though his house wasn't particularly better and he wasn't particularly cleverer than any of the other people, simply the fact that his life was on something solid, when the storm came, it stood. It knew peace, it survived, it thrived even, because as the wind blew, it was secure on something unchanging. It has been such a huge practical help to me as I've fought off panic attacks and mulled the uncertainty of everything that's going on to be a Christian. My life is built on something or someone who never changes, who never wobbles, who isn't vulnerable to the swirling storms of coronavirus. It says in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. It describes God as a rock who we can build on. And I want to invite you, if this time is unsettling you, let it be an opportunity to reflect, what am I building my life on? And is that thing strong enough to last through a pandemic? And if not, the invitation is to come and build your life on something stronger, on Jesus who never changes. And it's not just changes in the present that we're experiencing. I find it very hard to get peace because secondly, the future is so uncertain. I mentioned at the start that I've been struggling to sleep during this thing. One of the reasons is simply that I stay up too late scrolling, reading news articles that are basically terrifying. And I was doing that the other day and I was scrolling through the BBC News app and I came across a video by Stephen Fry. I don't know if any of you saw it. And it was intended to reduce anxiety during lockdown. And yet in it, he said a sentence that was the most terrifying thing I'd read in the whole flipping time. Uh, Stephen, uh, I love you if you're listening, which I doubt you are. Uh, in it, Stephen Fry said this. If you listen to the scientific advisors, Chris Whitty and co, they almost always begin every sentence with, we think it's possible maybe, perhaps, we don't know, but that's how experts talk, people who really understand it. I did not find that to be a comforting sentence. Essentially what he's saying is you want to see someone who really knows what they're talking about in this thing, is that they admit that they don't have really any idea what the world is going to look like on the other side. We find that really hard to live with such uncertainty because we love a forecast, don't we? 
Uh, I, on a journey, love looking at the sat-nav to see how long I've got left on the journey. I love when I'm reading a book to skip to the end of the chapter just to see how long is this chapter? How much energy do I need to put into reading this thing? I'm told, though it's not really my thing, that in a race you have mile markers that tell you how long there is to go so you can pace yourself. And yet in this experience, this huge, tiring, difficult experience, we just have no sense of what the future holds for us. We don't know when we're coming out of lockdown. I have to tell my daughter, who's just got her primary school place uh, through on the email the other day, that I don't know when she'll be able to go to school. It's difficult. It's hard to not know the future. We don't know what the world is gonna look like. We don't know what our work or our companies are gonna look like. And that's really challenging. How do you find peace within that? I'll tell you what, I have again been so helped by being a Christian during this time. Not because I have some wacky prophecy to bring to you this morning of the exact time and date that lockdown will end. I don't have that. And if you ever hear me ranting about something like that, please just ignore it. I've obviously, again, been losing too much sleep. But as a Christian, even though there are loads of things I don't know about the future, ultimately, when I skip to the ultimate end of the story, the future that I see there because of Jesus is so bright and so wonderful and so beautiful that even now in all the things I don't know, I can have a sense of peace because my future is not just certain and secure, but it's beautiful and brilliant because of Jesus. See, the Bible ends with this moment where God is going to rid the world of all pandemics and all panic and all pain and in its place, raise the world out of the darkness and out of the struggle into an experience where only happy things remain, only joyful things remain, only beautiful things are left, only the things that put the hairs on the back of your neck standing on end will be there as God raises the world to new life. It's called the new creation and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Just as on the first Easter Sunday, Jesus rose out of darkness and difficulty and death and came through those things to new life. The Bible says that for anyone who puts their hope in him and even for the whole universe, the world will be raised similarly to new life. And that doesn't make me immune to suffering now. Most of the Bible is actually written to suffering people to help them get through. But it does mean that I know that the end of my story will not be darkness or difficulty or death. I know in Jesus my future is bright. As one writer says in the Bible, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And if that is true, if that is really true, if that could seriously even for one second be actually true, then with hope for tomorrow in Jesus, I can have peace for today in Jesus, even within a pandemic. Let's look at the third thing then. The last reason why peace is so hard right now is because we are isolated or distanced or cut off from people and things that we love. I don't know whether you're living on your own right now or you're living with housemates or parents or children or your family. I don't know what this is looking like for you, but all of us are experiencing a sense of social isolation, social distance 
from the community around us. And that's immensely challenging because human beings are not made to exist cut off from one another. Even households and families are not made to exist cut off from one another. We're made to be integrated into a community. We're made to be close to one another. And we're not at the moment. And though Zoom really helps, and the Zoom quiz for my dad's birthday was great, it isn't the same, and there's pain in that. Though doing a PE lesson with my niece, Molly, was fun, I absolutely long to be with her again and her brother as soon as I can because I miss them and I want to just give them a massive hug. It's hard to be separated from the people that we love. And yet, I have been so helped by being a Christian at this time. My life right now, yes, is marked by an awful lot of distance from people, an awful lot of separation from those that I love. But as a Christian, it is also marked and primarily marked by closeness between me and my God, the God who made me, the God who loves me, the God who knows me, the God who cares for me. Though I am far from others, I am near to him. And that is a huge help in the pandemic. See, Christians don't believe simply in a God who is an idea that we can like believing in. Or Christians don't believe merely in a God who one day will make the world right. Though, as I've said, that's a wonderful hope. Christians believe and experience a God who right now comes to walk alongside us. And even closer than that, comes to live in us, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit. And where, as I say, my friends and family are far from me, I have Jesus of Nazareth with me close. And that is an absolute game changer. I said at the start that I'm not a life coach who has loads of experience of peace. I tell you what, if you want someone who knows about peace, you want to get to know Jesus of Nazareth. He was a phenomenally peaceful person. He was crucified, you probably know the story, and yet during the crucifixion he had such poise about him that he prayed for the people who were killing him. That guy knows a thing or two about peace. There was once a storm that he was in with his friends on a boat, and as the waves were crashing his boat around, he was so confident that God would be his safety and his refuge that he nodded off. <laughs> he knows a lot about peace. If you're struggling for sleep right now, he, he wasn't. <laughs> he knows a thing or two about peace in a storm. He was once falsely accused, lied about, slandered to the point where he was going to be executed because of the false charges. And whereas I'm so quick to rally against anyone who says anything about me that I don't like, he just stood there so calmly, completely secure, and he said, if you say so. This guy knows a lot about peace. He has phenomenal peace. And as a Christian, as you get to know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he says this beautiful thing to you. He says, my peace I give to you. It's a wonderful gift. I give it to you. You don't have to earn it. Christianity is not about being the greatest person on the planet. Jesus was the greatest person on the planet for us. Christianity is about receiving the gift that this staggeringly kind God wants to give us. And he says, my peace I give, my peace I gift to you. The question is, will you receive it? See, Jesus is incredibly aware of your human dignity and he does not want to bash into your life against your will and say, here's my peace. Rather, he stands at the door of your life and knocks and says, will you let me in? 
I know you are isolated. I know that you are distant. But will you let me come close to you? Jesus doesn't want to remain an idea that you discuss and debate. Jesus is a person who wants to get to know you and bring you the peace that you've been longing for. I want to encourage you. Why don't you open yourself up to knowing Jesus? Why don't you ask him to come close to you in this pandemic and see what happens? Ultimately, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And you can only know if Christianity and Jesus could bring you peace if you ask him to. I dare you. Why don't you do that? Now, that's all very good in theory, but I now want to hand over to my friend Zoe. I interviewed her the other night uh, in the midst of all that she's doing as a mum and a GP. And her story is fantastic. I really want you to listen to it. So if you can, uh, stick around uh, and watch this interview now. And I might see you on the other side for the Q&A. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, I am here with my good friend Zoe. Uh, Zoe, say hello so we can check that we can hear you. Hello. We can hear you with your starry, starry background. This is very good. Um, Zoe, uh, lots to chat about uh, and not loads of time. So just quickly, do you want to introduce yourself? I know you, but lots of people won't know you. So who are you? So I am Zoe Yeo. I am married to Chris, who is an elder at uh, Church Central North. I've got two children, uh, Eben, who is six, and Matilda, who's four, and I work part-time as a GP um, up here in the North Birmingham in Sutton Caulfield. Very good, look at this. This is good. We know you now, Zoe. Excellent. Great. Everybody listening probably has their own kind of stuff going on right now, and their own context, and life will look very different for each of us, but what has life kind of been looking like for you over the last month since all of this stuff kicked off? Um, give us a bit of a flavour of, yeah, how it's been going for you. Um, so life has become a bit busier, a bit more chaotic. That's Chris's phone ringing. <laughs> Good evidence. <laughs> Chaos reigns. In the um, okay, so life looks busy. So normally I work... Uh, Two and a half days a week and I get two and a bit days to myself um, to enjoy doing housework or reading my bible or seeing friends and now I am surrounded by children so I'm either at work or I am at home with the kids and not just at home with the kids having fun at home with the kids kind of having fun but having to teach them things in those couple of days of the week um, and I'm a perfectionist, so I uh, don't let them have an easy ride all myself, unfortunately. Um, and then work is constantly changing. Um, we have, we're having daily changes, really. So we're having to have a daily huddle to refresh what's new. Um, and yeah, it's just hard, it's hard to keep up with it all. It's hard to keep abreast of what's happening. Um, and it just all feels a bit chaotic really feel a little bit um keep seeing all these memes on facebook about how we're going to look back on this and and remember the time that you were around to play more with your children and have fun and all these things and unfortunately that's not probably not the story for me at the moment but yeah so Zoe, in the midst of all of that um what are perhaps some of the particular challenges we're talking about peace uh in this kind of questions in crisis session what are some of the challenges 
that come against your peace, uh, I guess at, at home, other than Chris, um, and uh, at work? What are some of the particular challenges for you? So uh, I'll start with home. Um, so now I'm not just a kid's mum, I'm their teacher. Um, hats off to teachers, by the way. I've realised it's a challenging job. Um, and we're having to build in new routines. Um, they can't quite do the fun things that they might want to do because they've got to sit and write five sentences of English comprehension and that's not quite as fun as what we can normally do. Uh, the kids are finding it hard because they are amongst the kids that have to still go to school a few days a week. Um, but school is totally different. There's maybe six to 12 kids there um, in total. No reception kids for Matilda, so none of her friends. Um, so she's finding that very hard. We've had nightmares. Um, we've had outbursts of tears. Um, I've got no one to play with. I don't want to go to school. I don't want you to go to work, mummy. Um, so that's really hard um, and then just the worry about either of them getting sick um, and selfishly I don't actually worry about them getting sick for their own you know for themselves but mostly I just think if they get sick or someone gets a fever in the house I've got to be away from work for two weeks and how's that going to impact my workforce um, so that's home. And then Chris is home all the time, which is different. I'm used to having my own space. Um, I'm not, so we're very different. Chris is very messy and I'm very organized. So it's trying to find a way to be around each other all the time without getting annoyed at each other. Sorry, I, I sometimes share an office with Chris and uh, mate, I'm, I'm praying for you. Thank you. Um, we're having practiced that art of communication that comes up in the marriage course all the time because quickly you can find yourself in conflict at home and actually that's the last thing you need in this current season so just learning new grace for one another but yeah that's another potential peace dealer um, and then work is just really it's a constant change so before my job, so the area I work in, um, Four Oaks, has got the highest population of over 80s in the whole of Birmingham. A really elderly area. I have lots of patients I know really well that come and see me really regularly, that I have a really good relationship with. And now that's very different. I'm only mostly doing telephone triaging or video consults. It's not, I'm a perfectionist, so that's very hard. Um, it's easier to express care when you're face to face so that's hard um, and then we're having to have lots of difficult conversations so the people who are waiting for their investigation and now it's been cancelled and they don't know when it's going to be rescheduled or the person that's waiting for an operation and now they don't know when that's going to happen and their hips in pain so lots of conversations about things that actually I have no power to change or control but can only offer sympathy and um, you know so that's that's very different and then lots of which you would expect lots of difficult end-of-life conversations with people but actually normally that's an area of medicine that I love because you can make a big difference but in this season, it's an area that's really hard. And if you've ever tried to do palliative medicine over the telephone, it's just not meant to be that way. Um, 
so yeah it's not ideal but it's the best that we have um so yeah that's a that's a challenge and then of course there's a fear of infection and i know that the reality is if i get covid i'll probably come out the other side absolutely fine but there's still that lingering thing in the background you know what if um so i think those are the main challenges yeah sorry um on behalf of uh whoever might be listening to this um just want to say before i ask you a couple more questions like thanks for doing what you're doing um thank we you applaud you loudly on thursday and uh yeah we're with you all the way um so you're a christian uh and you mentioned that you're part of the church um as we've seen that doesn't make one immune to difficulty um but i believe that jesus really makes a difference so in what ways have you been glad that you're a christian <laughs> with all of this in what ways is jesus making a bit of a difference to you uh, I think a number of ways. So I think probably the main way is that I know he's always with me. Um, and so, for example, sometimes before I have one of those difficult phone calls, I'll pray and I'll ask for his wisdom. I'll ask for his help. I'll ask the Holy Spirit to give me the right words as I share bad news. Um, and you know there's a number of verses in the bible and if you're my friend i'll almost certainly have told you this verse at one point or another because i just love it um it says for i'm the god who takes hold of your right hand and says do not fear for i'm with you just knowing that the god of heaven is with me in every moment every conversation every risky decision actually he's by my side helping me make that decision and that is really um, takes away fear in, in, on so many levels. Um, and also promises, as the other verse, I'll never leave you and never forsake me. So he's with me, but he's also not going anywhere. He's not going to jump ship or leave if I, you know, have a bad morning or shout at my kids or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably one of the main ways is that he's with me. Um, I think another way is that there's hope. Um, so at North, at Church Central North, we've been doing a really short family service. Um, and this week, um, there's a story from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and it was that part of Revelation where John has his vision, and it talks about how one day there won't be any sickness, there won't be any death, there won't be any tears, there won't be any pain. Um, and that's an amazing thing to think about in this situation, I think, is just knowing that whatever we might go through whatever I might go through at the moment it is temporary and at, at some point I will be with Jesus um, that could sound a bit morbid but actually it's not it's wonderful um, in a place where there's no more tears no more sickness and actually so we're particularly Matilda who's really struggling had lots of conversations where I have got no answers for her at all but what I can say is you know what Jesus is with you and Jesus promises that he's looking after us and we can trust in that um, and that's been amazing and actually I think my kids really grasp that I think Jesus was really smart when he said you know kids are well welcome them in because and have the mind of a child because they they do grasp that um, and then just looking back at his faithfulness so you know I can look back on times in my life that I've seen him move um, so really recently really tiny thing really but Eben fell off a kitchen worktop bashed his 
coccyx and couldn't sit down at all every time he sat down and jumped up because it was so painful and we prayed and he was instantly healed no pain at all totally normal um and then when we were trying to have children told that it was going to be difficult because of a medical issue with me and then instantly got pregnant and now have two wonderful kids so I can look back and see that Jesus answers my prayers and there's also been times where the answer has been no or it's he seemed really silent and and we've recently had times where it's been really confusing and really sad and not seeing the answer to prayer but at the same time we can look at the cross and know that Jesus loves us, that he went to the cross, he died for me, gave up everything um, to rescue me. And that, that is such a comfort in uncertain times. Sorry, I feel pastored in your presence. <laughs> this video consultation, you're doing me good. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, mate. Um, perhaps just lastly then, um, want to ask you just a really practical question and whilst you're here just glean some wisdom from you um if someone is watching this and um i guess is feeling a sense of uh stress or anxiety and is perhaps feeling that quite acutely um what would be some of your tips um we've talked a lot about about ideas and, and god but in just in terms of really practically what should someone who is feeling gosh this thing is rocking me um, what are some of the things that they should do, in your opinion? Yeah, so I suppose first of all, I'd say be encouraged that you're not alone. Um, a huge percentage of my workload now is anxious people who are really struggling. Um, and so, you know, everybody's in the same boat. So don't feel embarrassed or ashamed that you're finding it difficult because everybody else's um, and then I suppose it's really just knowing what resources you can access um, so if you look at there's NHS um, UK and Mind both have some really good information and particularly NHS UK has like a 10 point checklist basically of things very simple practical things that you can do to look after your mental health um, and I'll just read a, f a few of them. Yeah, now. Okay, um, very, very easy things. So one, stay connected, keep phoning people, you know, send text messages to your friends, do Zoom calls. Um, it's amazing how often I see patients who are struggling and I ask them if they've talked to their family about it. They say, oh, I didn't want to bother them. Um, but I think all of us would say we would want our family or friends to bother us. So don't feel like you can't share with people. Um, that's the other thing to talk about your worries. There are helplines and things as well. So if you go on the NHS UK website, there is a, help, a specific helpline um, during COVID um, for people. Um, support and help others. So sometimes taking the focus off yourself and how you're feeling will be a big blessing to you. So there's volunteer pathways um, and you can become like an, uh, a telephone befriender and things like that um, feel prepared so go into your week with a plan um, no matter I think lots of people say they like to be spontaneous but actually I think it really helps just to know what the week's going to look like and to set some things into the week that you can look forward to that you can be excited about um, look after your body so eat well exercise whether that's your daily walk or doing joe wicks in the morning um 
or Just Dance, which has been our new favourite because Joe Wicks is too much for the kids. Okay. Um, I'm making notes. Yeah, Just Dance. Um, and Rest as well. And then stick to the facts. So try not to look on social media and Google all the time about COVID. There's so much junk out there that is just rubbish and it will just make you worried. Um, so the gov.uk website has got a really good coronavirus update. So there's daily updates on there and you can get the, the proper facts. Um, and then stay on top of your difficult feelings, work on what you can control. So if you know you're particularly anxious about not being able to get out and see people, then make sure you schedule in a phone call with a friend or something like that. Um, and then there's some, if you go on the NHS UK um, website, there are some audio guides about how to manage anxiety, how to manage those difficult feelings. Um, do things you really enjoy. So if that's baking, do some baking. If that's reading, set some time for reading. Um, relaxation and mindfulness. So try and focus on the moment instead of going too far, you know, worrying ahead. Um, and I think that's biblical, isn't it? Um, don't worry about tomorrow. Um, and then look after your sleep. So this is probably a big one for lots of people because there's a the temptation to just go to bed really late, lie in because you've got nothing to do the next day. But actually having a routine with sleep is actually makes you feel much more refreshed than sleeping until 12. Uh, there'll be some teenagers listening to this that will be shaking their heads, but trust me. Oh, uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is that GP surgeries are open. Um, we might not be doing the face-to-face -face in the same way, but we are doing telephone consults. We have still got resources we can refer to. So in North Birmingham, we've got a wellbeing service that we can refer to. They'll sort out food parcels for people that are shielding. They'll sort out telephone befriending. So there are still loads of things available. And age concern, if you're an older person as well, I've got loads of stuff um, to be looking out for people. So don't think there's nothing going on that the world's shut down because of covid because actually there's loads of stuff we can do to help so be in touch with your your gp if if you're worried uh thank you genuinely so much for sharing your story and uh your frustration with your husband's phone calls <laughs> and uh, your infinite wisdom we really appreciate it